Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. I am Reverend Krista Erickson, and as I try to get organized here, um, my title today is Are All Thoughts Prayers? And the first time I asked myself that, I thought, I hope not. I really hope not. God, please. I hope not. Now, that was a prayer. I hope it's not true because I have some thoughts that should not be prayers. But I, I, I really kind of went into this tailspin of this thought process because, you know, we're taught that, and I shouldn't say we're taught because at this point we know because you're all regulars here. So we know that God is within. That when we pray, we're not praying to something out here, to something up there. We're praying in here. We're praying to the spirit within, to the God within us, to that, that presence that we are fully a part of. So if that's the case, what differentiates a thought from a prayer? What is it that makes, what turns my thought into a prayer? Or do, is every thought a prayer? And that's the question that I hope to uh, dissect today. I don't know if I have the right answer. But that's not for me to decide what the right answer is. That's for everyone to decide what the right answer is for themselves. Because, you know, we all have different perspectives of life. And all of our thoughts are constantly creating our version of reality. Every single person here today is gonna to walk away and they're gonna tell the story of today slightly differently because your past affects it, your state of mind affects it, your thoughts affect it. And what is a prayer if not an intentional thought of what we want our reality to become? So every single thought that we have is shaping our view of the world. And when we pray, we're making that more intentional. But here's the thing. My unconscious thoughts are still shaping my reality. Which means that even the things that I'm not intentionally wanting to happen are still going to happen in my life if they're stuck in my mind. If those thoughts, if I can't change those thoughts. So... Knowing that we, that our thoughts create our reality, as, you know, Kenneth's beautiful song said, and knowing that the way that we allow that movement to happen is going to change our perspective on a daily basis, what ultimately it came down to for me was learning how to control our thoughts better so that every thought can become a prayer. So I actually started um, looking into this by opening up the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary. And I wanted to know how Charles Fillmore defined prayer. And he defines prayer as communion between man and God. In true prayer, we take with us words of truth, a statement of truth, or an affirmation, and turn our attention within to the very center of our being where the Father dwells. So again, he's talking about going within. And then it continues and talks about why do we pray then? And he says, in order that the creative law of the word may be fulfilled, we must pray. 
All things are in God as potentialities, and it is man's share in the creative process to bring the unmanifest to manifestation. So the way that he's defining prayer is the intentional act of manifesting our thoughts into our reality, which I think is lovely. Because again, we're not, when we pray in, in unity and in new thought, we don't beseech. We're not praying, looking for help. We're not saying, oh, please, God, give me this. We're affirming that our good is already available to us. We just have to claim it. We just have to say, I, are, I know that there is no such thing as unabundance because God is abundant. And I just have to be willing to accept abundance into my life in whatever form of that comes. And there's already been a lot of stories shared on this stage about um, accepting abundance. I won't do any more of those. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, that happens in all aspects of our life. But our intentional thoughts, they do shape our reality. But our unintentional unintentional thoughts do as well. Last night, um, we went to Costco on a Saturday. Oh. 10 out of 10 don't recommend. <laughs> and um, if you've ever been to the Costco in Norwalk, um, you know the parking lot is like the most poorly designed parking lot in the world. I mean, it's terrible. It, right? Yeah, uh -huh. people know. I know. It's absolutely horrendous. And let me tell you something. Trying to even just get into the parking lot last night, I was having some thoughts that shouldn't be prayers because <laughs> otherwise I was thinking that everyone there was an idiot, <laughs> except for me, of course, you know, and, and Tim because he was driving. <laughs> but, that, but those were my thoughts. I'm like, why is it so difficult to park here? You know, it's like, what is wrong with everyone? <laughs> Well, there's nothing wrong with them. But that thought that everyone's an idiot shaped my experience of parking in Costco last night and of leaving the parking lot in Costco last night. <laughs> if I had, if we had pulled up to the parking lot and instead of saying, oh, look at all these idiots, I thought, oh, you know, people are just waiting. They're, they just, you know, it's cold out. They want to get the closest spot they can, which, you know, I can understand. I can relate to that. You know, if I had had more patience, if I had had a little bit more kindness in my thought process, then that whole experience would have been different for me, right? <laughs> so, was that unintentional thought that everyone at Costco is an idiot? <laughs> was that a prayer? That's hard to, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's hard to think that those negative thoughts that we're putting out into the world through ourselves could manifest because that's what we're doing. That's what our thoughts are doing. Our thoughts are creating our reality. Our thoughts are manifesting our own reality. So every time I have a thought like that, I am just feeding into that negativity instead of the positivity that I, I, I seek. You know, even as a minister, I struggle with this on a daily basis. And um, I'm already crossing my arms thinking about it. I'm looking at my husband over there. He, when, for the first, you know, decade and a half of our relationship, um, he would call me a pessimist. And I would say, I am not a pessimist. I am a realist. Like, 
I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. <laughs> it took me a really long time to realize that they're the same thing. <laughs> because the only difference between a pessimist and a realist is a realist is convinced that the bad things are going to happen because they've happened so many times in the past. Whereas a pessimist is just assuming without the experience. But in reality, it's the same thing. And, um, but, oh, I would get so upset when he would call me a pessimist because it just, I wasn't a pessimist. No way, I'm a happy, joyful ball of love. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> but what I realized is that, um, that yeah, that, that realist personality I had was creating a life that I didn't want. It was creating, it was, it was creating space for more of those situations to happen. Because that's what we're doing, right? When we, when we make assumptions and we have these thoughts, we're really manifesting the room for those same situations to come back into our life. So by being a realist, I was just allowing space for more bad to come in. So I've really had to look at myself and, and change. And it's also really frustrating, you know, when you go through like six years of seminary school and your husband's been living this his whole life and doesn't even know what it's called, you know? It's a... <laughs> <laughs> so, I do know that every thought has the potentiality to be a prayer, if it's not already. So what really started me down, um, this whole path of thinking was David Friedman. He was up here um, a couple months ago. And I, he wasn't speaking. I don't even remember why he was up here. But he, he mentioned a line from scripture that says, pray unceasingly. And that really stuck with me. It kind of put my, put my thought process through like this mental spin cycle. And that was months ago and I haven't been able to get it out of my head. Like, what does that mean to pray unceasingly? Like, how can you pray unceasingly? So I, I knew it was from the Bible. I couldn't recall off the top of my head where it was from. So, you know, I, I pulled out my Bible finally and I read it. And um, it comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And the whole chapter, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but the chapter is basically talking about how to be a decent human being. And I'm going to take a, a page out of Teresa's book. And I'll read the part of the verse and give you my interpretation. She did that last week and I loved it, so I'm stealing it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so, first Thessalonians. So, comfort those who lack courage. So, be compassionate. Bear the burdens of the weak. Help those in need. And be patient towards all men. That's pretty self-explanatory. Be joyful always. This is actually, I think, the hardest one. Because we've all experienced depression at some point, right? So that's, I think, the hardest one. But be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. I'll come back to that one. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. And that simply means that we are meant to live in a state of gratefulness, in a state of positivity, not realism. <laughs> Do not quench the spirit. To me, that means don't ignore your inner voice because that is the voice of spirit. Do not reject prophecies. This one surprised me, actually. I was like, don't reject prophecies. It says that in the Bible. It, it does. It says that in the Bible. Don't reject prophecies. So I was like, well, what are they talking about? 
And prophecies are just messages from God. I think that we all get signs all the time. It's just, are we willing and able to see them? Do we have our eyes open? Are we looking for them? Maria, you asked and you've received. Prove all things. To me, what that means is that we have to believe what we are doing. And we have to keep doing it until it manifests in our life. We have to prove to ourselves. We have to prove all spiritual things to ourselves. Because we're not here to prove it to anybody else. Spiritual work is very deeply personal work. We don't go out and prophesize. You know, it's, a, it's, it's all inner, inner work. Uphold all that which, uphold that which is good. When good happens, celebrate it. Celebrate the good in your life. And I love that we do that every Sunday here, but we should be doing it every single day. You know, there's this idea that um, if you do a good deed, you shouldn't talk about it because it, it detracts from the goodness that you did. And I hate that. <laughs> because you know what? There is so much negativity in this world. I think that anytime we do something good, we should be shouting it from the rooftops. We should be bragging about our good so much that it makes other people feel bad for not doing good. <laughs> you know, but there is that we have this cultural expectation to do good and then be quiet about it and keep it secret and, you know, don't share because then we're bragging. Brag about your good. Brag about the good deeds that you do. Brag about the good that you receive in your life because we need more good in our daily news feeds, basically. <laughs> the final line and um, the part that I'm going to read from 1 Thessalonians is abstain from every sort of evil. To me, that just means don't be a jerk. That's probably one of the, one of the easier ones. <laughs> just don't be a jerk. <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to go back to the pray unceasingly part. So that line, it, it, it's, I still really struggled with it. And I ended up having to, to read through this a few times because I was like, oh, how in the world do you pray unceasingly? Like if you're walking around talking to God the whole time, like that's a one-way ticket to a psych evaluation. You know, like that. <laughs> and then, you know, a step away from that, I, I have, um, I know people in my life who, at any moment, if there is any sort of need or concern or joy, they'll stop what they're doing and they will pray. They get into prayer. But even that, as, as admirable as that is, that's not an unceasing prayer. They're praying when the need arises, but it's not unceasing. So what does it mean? You know, and it's, uh, again, I went through this mental spin cycle. And I was like, There's, i got to figure this out. So I read it over and over looking to find something kind of, you know, written in between the lines, because a lot of the Bible you have to read between the lines. Um, and I'm kind of slow sometimes. <laughs> and what I realized is I didn't even need to read between the lines because they literally tell you exactly how to pray unceasingly. And it is to comfort those who lack courage, bear the burdens of the weak, be patient towards all men, be joyful always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Do not quench the spirit. Do not reject your prophecies. Prove all things and uphold that which is good and abstain from every sort of evil. 
that's how you pray unceasingly, is by living it. Because what this is telling us is that praying isn't an action that we have to step aside in life to do. You don't have to stop and say, okay, God. <laughs> I mean, you can, but you don't have to. Every breath you take can be a prayer. Every thought that you have can be a prayer. But we have to make sure that we're putting good prayers out there. Not that everyone at Costco's a jerk, but that everyone's just, you know, trying to get the best parking spot, <laughs> including me. Because <laughs> I was. <laughs> so praying unceasingly means living a life where every action, thought, and word showcases the goodness that is God. It's being at one with spirit and letting the good guide you in life. It's making the intentional conscious decision to confront our unintentional unconscious thoughts and say that's not good enough. Because if somebody were to wish those negative things on me, I would be, no, I wouldn't accept that. So why would I wish that on them? We have to treat everyone that we come across as we would want to be treated ourselves. We have to expect the best in everyone instead of assuming the worst. And I know that that's a really tall order. Like every thought, every action has to be in the name of God. But isn't that what living a spiritual life is? And obviously we're going to make mistakes. I don't think, uh, well, maybe a few people on this planet have reached that level of enlightenment, including Jesus. And who knows, maybe if, uh, maybe if one of us do, light will come out of our eyes and we'll just be walking around shining light, you know. <laughs> I don't know if it's truly possible to 100% always be perfect. Actually, I do know it's not possible, but we can try. We can strive. And every time we make a choice to present the goodness to the world, to say a thought, to have a thought that's good instead of bad, we're getting one step closer to living the life of God within. Um, I'm going to read from The Science of Mind. Ernest Holmes, he actually wrote specifically about pray unceasingly. I can get the right bookmark. So constant prayer. This means to be always on the affirmative side of life. To pray without ceasing is to doubt never, but to always trust in the law of good. This inner communion is essential to the soul and natural to the mind. It is a constant recognition of our relationships to the presence in which we live and move and have our being. So the law of good is simply the law of God, which is that what we give to the world, we get back to the world. What we expect from the world is what we get. So if you're walking around expecting bad things to happen, you're going to have bad things happen, right? This is what we know this. Again, you're all regulars here. <laughs> I don't need to explain. It's like preaching to the choir. 
<laughs> Literally, because most of you are in the fire. <laughs> so how do we do that, though? How do we how do we change our thought process to be to be more God-like? You know, I love what Sean says about good orderly direction and just each step. So if you catch yourself thinking some not-so-kind thoughts, just say, oh, why did I do that? Okay, cancel clear. <laughs> you know, like it's a computer program, just cancel clear. I'm going to delete those thoughts and just, and just replace them with something better. Say, oh, this is not the person that I want to be. Because that's all, honestly what I usually think of when I catch myself in those negative thought cycles, when I'm, when I'm talking bad about people that I don't even know. And it's like, why am I doing that? I'm better than that. I can be better than that. Apparently I wasn't better than that in the moment, but I can be better than that. <laughs> and the act of recognizing it and making that conscious effort to be better means that the next time I'm in that situation, I may still make the same mistake. I may still say the same mean things in my mind, but I'm going to catch it faster, which means I'm going to be able to correct it faster. And then the next time I go to Costco, it's going to be even faster. And eventually, one of these days, I'm going to go to the Costco parking lot, and I'm just going to not think a thing. I'm just going to think, huh, what's on my shopping list? And, <laughs> and it'll be like nobody else is even there because I won't care. Because what does it matter? What does it matter if it takes me three extra minutes to find a parking spot? It doesn't matter. And yet, I made such a big deal out of it because of a simple thought. How damaging our thoughts can be when we're in that negative mindset. So let's work on affirmative thought, which is what this whole line of thinking is about. This whole religion is about affirmative, affirmative thought, affirmative prayer, knowing that the goodness of God is already here with us all the time. God is within us and just bursting to be expressed through us. I truly believe that. I truly believe that the divine spirit within is just like itching to come out so that we can see each other on the street and recognize a complete stranger as a brother. To recognize a complete stranger as our sister, as our teacher, as another face of God. And it's hard to do that if you're not controlling those thoughts. It's hard to walk down the street and see somebody that you think looks a little sketchy and, you know, and, and, and say, oh, that's God. If you're thinking they look sketchy, you know. <laughs> it's like, what if we thought, oh, they got some cool style. Look at how God is expressing through them. How is God expressing through you? Hopefully, through kindness, through caring, through joy. And, you know, always being on the affirmative side of life, as Ernest Holmes says. That sounds really nice. And I think we do that simply by striving to always see the good that's right in front of us, no matter what the situation is. So... My prayer for you, for me, for all of us, is that each day we find 
a little bit more of the goodness within us so that we can express it outside of ourselves. So that we know that when we leave the house, that when we see strangers, we're not seeing strangers, we're just seeing another version of God, another expression of the divine presence that resides within all of us. Just feeling a little bit more good than we did the day before. Just a little bit more than the day before. There's, um, oh, I can't remember his name. The Happiness Project. Anybody familiar with this? No, I don't know. It was, oh, I can't remember his name. This guy, he decided to be, um, or it was 10% happier, something like that. Dan Harris. Thank you, Dan Harris. So 10% happier. So he wanted to figure out how to just be 10% happier. Because being 20% happier sounded like too much. Being 30% happier sounded like being way too much. So just 10% happier. It's a great book if anybody wants to read. He has a podcast now too. Um, imagine your life if you were 10% happier tomorrow than you are today. Just 10%. Now imagine if you were 10% happier, how much more good you would put out into the world. It doesn't take much. Let's aim for 1%. <laughs> Let's go for 1% happier tomorrow than we are today. Every little bit gets us closer to living within that divine presence that's within us. Every little bit happier, every little bit more good. Every time we express the glory of God, our spirituality is just being lifted higher and higher and higher. Our spiritual mind is expanding. Our heart is growing. And I truly believe that, you know, in the butterfly effect, in that one single small act can change the world in ways that we may never, ever know. So go out tomorrow and change the world. Do it today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Go change the world today with one small act of kindness and pray unceasingly. Live the life to the best that you can because life happens. But live the life that you want spiritually. It's not going to happen without your input. It's... um. You know, back to what uh, Fillmore said, that all things are in God as potentialities. The potential for everything that you want is already there, and it is man's share. It is our share in the creative process to bring the unmanifested into manifestation. So it's our job to actually do it. It's already there. We just have to do it. So I hope that today we all go out and just do one small thing that brings more good into your life and into the life of somebody else. And in doing so, I hope that brings you that much closer to praying unceasingly and to turning all of your thoughts into prayers. Thank you very much. <laughs>